Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number at Dan Grasser's where you can get me on Twitter. Talking Giants, as you would expect. Their season comes to an end last night at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles. 38-7 the final. It was over early. It was painless. They didn't suffer. So now you turn the page and you look ahead to next season. And what has to be done? What is it going to take to close the gap between yourself, the Philadelphia Eagles? Who are the team to be right now? Not just in the NFC East, but maybe even in the NFC period, depending on what shakes out next Sunday in Philadelphia for the NFC Championship game. There's work to be done. And as you know, you're not going to return the same exact team that you ended the season with the previous year. And the Giants got some notable names on the free agent list, okay? And as one of our previous callers just said there to to close out the last hour, now we're going to learn about Joe Shane, right? I mean, Joe Shane was kind of riding the gravy train this year because Giants weren't really all that active in free agency because Dave Gettleman left them with no salary cap maneuverability, virtually none. So there was only so many things that the Giants could do in terms of acquiring talent and that sort of thing. They weren't going to be power players in free agency, and they weren't. You know, there were a couple of draft choices right now that certainly look promising. Others got injured, and you want to see them maybe in year number two, how they move forward. But this offseason is where we're really going to learn a lot more about Joe Shane. Dayball, we got it, right? We figured it out about Dayball. He looks like the goods. He's the real deal. The quarterback, we think that, all right, he's the guy we're moving forward with. Saquon Barkley showed you that he still got good football in him, probably had the best season of his career. But those last two names in particular, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, there's decisions now to be made about both of them. Okay, because here's the list of unrestricted free agents for the Giants, which means anybody could sign them. You know, no right of first refusal, no matching, none of that stuff. This is, they're free agents. They're there to be had by 31 other teams. These are guys that actually, you know, made some sort of a contribution this year, playing time, that sort of thing. Sterling Shepard, Saquon, Daniel Jones, Nick Gates, John Feliciano, Justin Ellis, Matt Breida, Jihad Ward, Jamie Gillen, Richie James, Fabian Moreau, Marcus Johnson, O'Shane Jimenez, Julian Love, Darius Slayton. You know, it's funny. A lot of those names there, they played big roles this year for this team. Maybe that wasn't how the way it was drawn up at the beginning of the year, like when he went into training camp, and he said, oh, this guy's got, you know, if Darius Slayton doesn't have the season that he has, are the Giants playing a game last night? And where was Darius Slayton on the depth chart at the beginning of the year at wide receiver? He won one, he won two. But because of the injuries, because of ineffectiveness, he had to play a big role, and Darius Slayton was essentially the Giants' number one wide receiver this year. And, boy, I guess all those good vibes, by the way, speaking of wide receivers, that you know maybe he got from Kenny Galladay last week in Minnesota when he was out there throwing blocks in the handful of plays that they got him out on the field for in Minnesota. 
We didn't see a lot from him last night in that game in Philadelphia. Kenny couldn't crack the starting lineup. Forget about the starting lineup. Couldn't crack the lineup, period. But nevertheless, you got some guys there that, you know, you're going to have to make some tough decisions on. We've already talked about the quarterback here. Number two on that list has got to be Saquon, right? Because John Maris said he's the face of the organization. They still consider him that, but he's a running back. And he had a very, very, very good season. I don't want to take anything away from Saquon Barkley. He was asked last night on what his future is with the Giants. I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I've been vocal about how I feel and where I want to be. Now that's outside outside my control. I want to show the Giants and you know show not the guy that they drafted still here. Uh, I hope I did that. Everyone knows I would love to be a Giant for life. I, I really can't give 100% answers out of my control. And sometime this week, I'll get a conversation with my agent Kim and you know see see what's up. See, here's the thing: when it comes to Saquon and Daniel Jones, this is the first time they're free agents. You know, in the NFL, I, I mean, I don't have to remind anybody that you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed the next snap. I mean, I don't have to remind anybody what happened, you know, just a few weeks ago in Cincinnati with DeMar Hamlin, right? There's nothing guaranteed in this life. And that's why when you talk about these guys and players, when they want to hold out for more money and they want to get, you know, the highest contract possible – you only possibly get one crack at this thing. Like Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, this might be the last time in their careers that they are in a position of power as free agents to where they could command top dollar. You know, what happens if both of them get paid or whatever their contract situation is like for next year and they step out on that field and they suffer a career-altering injury in, let's say, week one? And then they're not the same players. And then they're not going to be able to cash in. So I don't begrudge any of these guys that are trying to get the most money possible. And you shouldn't. But the Giants are also a business. The Giants have to go out there and still not just do what's right by the player, they have to do what's right for the organization. And while Saquon Barkley thinks that he's worth X amount of dollars, the Giants might feel that he's only worth another amount. And they maybe have a difference of opinion. Same thing with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones and his agent might feel that he's worth, you know, I'm just throwing a number out there, $35 million a year, where the Giants might feel that he's only worth, let's say, $30 million a year. And then that leads to a separation or so on and so forth. So these are going to be tough decisions. You know, you also have other areas on this team that need an upgrade, regardless of who's a free agent, who's not a free agent. If you're asking me right now, look, it goes without saying. If Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback next year, and you expect him to, because I think at the end of the day, you just franchise him. Even if you can't work out a contract, you franchise him, you bring him back. They got to upgrade the talent at wide receiver. And I know that injuries had a lot to do with that. I get it. But you can't be running it back next year with the Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James and Darius Slayton as your top three wideouts. And, I, and they're not going to. We realize that. We know it. You know, Giants are going to be in the market for a wide receiver, whether it's in free agency, whether it's in the trade market, whether it's in the draft. You have to go out there and surround your quarterback and give him weapons. Look at the guy last night on the field for Philadelphia. Not to, He's a great player. He could do it with his arms. He could do it with his legs. But he also has 
pro bowlers all around him that he could just give the football to and let them go out there and work their magic. That's what you have to do for Daniel Jones. Which to me, if we're trying to make sense of his season this year, that's what makes it even more remarkable is that look at what he had to work with. And he still went out there and had the season that he did. His best season as a pro. Wide receiver, linebacker. I think you're going to have to address that position, certainly. I mean, think about who was starting at linebacker last night. I mean, and in the last couple of weeks, Jared Davis, right? I mean, Jared Davis is a guy, and I don't know how many Giant fans, like, know his story. Jared Davis was a guy that they signed off the Lions practice squad a few weeks ago. A guy who was playing for the Lions. Jared Davis actually played for the Lions in that game against the Jets the week before Christmas at MetLife Stadium. And then he ends up on the Lions practice squad again. Giants sign him out of necessity, and he goes out there and he's playing like major starting snaps for them over the last couple of weeks of the season, including their two most important games of the season in the playoffs. Think about that. That, that, That's what the Giants are reduced to, and this is the New York football Giants. This is a team whose identity and their history and their tradition is steeped on defense, linebackers. Now, look, I'm not begrudging Jared Davis. He is what he is, and he did a nice job, but, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, was a Jet last year, and he he couldn't stay on the field and really didn't give much of a contribution to them. And he ended up back with the Lions, and he ended up back on the Lions practice squad, and now he's starting for the Giants in the NFL playoffs the last couple of weeks. So you got to go out there and improve that position. You have to go out there and get some more corners. They were decimated with injury. You get a Dory Jackson back late in the season, but he wasn't around a lot of chunks during the regular season. You know, Fabian Moreau is the guy who's not supposed to be one of your starting cornerbacks. You know, look at the two guys the Jets had at starting corner. You know, Sauce Gardner, who was an all-pro, probably going to win defensive rookie of the year. DJ Reed should have gotten all-pro consideration, at least Pro Bowl consideration. Those are two studs. Giants had Fabian Moreau out there all year. And that's why if you're Wink Martindale, and we talked about it a lot during the regular season, like Wink Martindale, he likes to dial up the blitz and he likes to apply pressure to the opposing quarterback. You do that, you're asking your corners to be out there on an island with wide receivers one-on-one. Some guys are not equipped to do such things. So they did yeoman's work all year, but you got to go get more corners. And, of course, the offensive line. Which goes back to the quarterback situation. You know, some of these dudes, they battled. Nice to see Nick Gates back out there playing after everything that he went through. You know, you got to shore up the interior of that offensive line. The two tackles aren't going anywhere. Andrew Thomas is an all-pro. Evan Neal had a couple of bumps this year. But you know what? You expect year number two him to get better. And look at Andrew Thomas. Use him as the case example. Andrew Thomas wasn't a stud as a rookie. He had to take his lumps. But he got better and better into where now he's an all-pro type player. You hope the same thing happens to Evan Neal. So those are the areas of need that I think the Giants are going to have to address when you're talking about going into next year. Skill position wide receiver, interior of the offensive line, linebacker, and corner. Now, it's easier said than done, but if you want to get back to where you were and possibly take a couple of steps further, those are the areas that you look to address. And, oh, by the way, you got to get Daniel Jones's name on a contract and figure out what you're doing with Saquon Barkley. Tough decisions. And obviously, you hope you're not in this situation, 
But if you can only keep one of the two big guys, you got to do what it takes to keep the quarterback here. Which, I know you don't like to think in these terms, but hey, man, there's a possibility Saquon Barkley played his last game as a Giant. I don't think that's going to be the case, but it's certainly a possibility. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. More of your phone calls. Plus, we'll also address the latest on the jet search for an offensive coordinator. Has your phone rang yet? To say, if you want to come down to Florham Park and interview, it seems like everybody else in the free world is getting a chance. Dan Grasso Show till 2 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Say hi to Mike in Westchester. He's up next year on 98.7. Michael, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, how are you? What a, what a difference a week makes, huh? Tell <laughs> well, me about it. I, I, I will say this. You, you, you're spot on with everything you said about the Giants. But with that, I, I, I can't even start to under, uh, entertain contract officers to Saquon Barkley. I mean, come on, this, this is, you just named seven positions we need. Why would we pay a running back $10 million? Who does that anymore? It's, it's, a failed, it's a failed policy. Any of these teams who want, the Ezekiel Elliott, all these people, these running backs wind up going down. He's already got two bum wheels. Uh, goodbye. I, it, let, please, have John Mara stay out of this. The Giants this year were successful because John Mara stayed out of decisions. Have him stay out of the decision. Hey, listen, Saquon, it was nice knowing you. Let somebody else sign him. Here's the other thing, though. And, look, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Mike. I do believe there's only so much money you pay a running back. But Giants also don't have a game last night, if not for Saquon Barkley. He was their best player this season. I, I think Danny Jones was their best player. Point taken. Point taken. But they, they – you can't. What? What are you going to give? What would? What kind of a contract would you give Saquon Barkley? I don't get it. Look at all these other teams there that do it with two and three backs. Look at the team that played last night with two backs, interchangeable guys. One guy comes out of the backfield. You you, you got to move on in this. You need linebackers. We haven't had a line. We haven't drafted a linebacker in. I couldn't tell you the last linebacker we drafted. You need a cover corner. You need interior linemen. You could use an upgraded tight end. I like the kid Bellinger, but but I'm not so sold on him. And and you already went through the wide receivers. I mean, come on, we, you can't spend ten million dollars on a running back in this NFL anymore. You cannot do it. Mike, I don't disagree with you, and I thank you for the phone call. And that's why, look, these are the tricky decisions 
that you have to deal with when you're building a football team. You can't just go by popular opinion. You can't go by how many jerseys the player sells and how much he's liked and how popular he is and how many commercials he's in and so on and so forth. Sometimes you got to make tough decisions. And sometimes it's the tough decisions that might look bad initially, but they might pay big dividends for you down the road. And to your point, here's what I'm saying with Saquon. Giants don't make the playoffs this year without him. And I know he went through a little bit of a dry spell, you know, what was it, around November-ish, kind of, right? Maybe it looked like he was kind of hitting the wall a little bit. But given all the injuries that the Giants had at wide receiver all throughout the season, and he didn't have steady, dependable playmakers, you needed Saquon Barkley. I mean, especially the first two months, when, when the Giants got off to that 7-2 and two start, he was the chief reason. Like, he was the engine that made that offense go. Now, last night, again, they weren't doing anything last night. And, they, you know, I, I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, mention the fact, well, you know, why did you give up on the run so early? Well, you gave up on the run because you were down 28 nothing at halftime. That's why you gave up on the run. You're not going to sit there and just methodically try to get back into this game when you're down by four scores. Oh, and by the way, your defense has not stopped them all night long. So it takes a guy like Saquon out of the game. And he wasn't really that much of a threat in the passing game last night either for you. You know, Saquon broke off that one run last night in the third quarter, which in my, the game was already over. That 39-yard run. You take out that 39-yard run. You know what he gave you last night? Eight carries for 22 yards. So everybody, and there was only a few, but the people that were sitting there after the game last night saying, well, why didn't you get Saquon more involved? Why didn't you run the ball more? Eight carries, 22 yards. That's less than three yards a pop. What the hell were they missing out on? You went up against the buzzsaw. It wasn't working for you. You got beat. You got mauled in the trenches on both sides of the football last night. One guy wasn't going to make a difference. But that's why in a perfect world, as I said a little bit earlier, if you can get Daniel Jones's name on a multi-year contract, you take care of the quarterback, then you could franchise a guy like Saquon because it's not going to be as prohibitive for you. A franchise number for a running back is night and day compared to the quarterback and even some of the other positions on the field. That I would be okay with. But the question is, you got 31 other teams. Is there going to be a team out there that just thinks that Saquon is the missing piece to their offense? That that's the guy that we bring in and he's a great fit for the system and he's going to complement. You already have a quarterback in place. You already got wide receivers. If you bring in Saquon Barkley, that's just going to push your team over the top. There might be a team out there that does that. And if they do, then the Giants got to say bye-bye. Thanks for the memories. Victor in Tom's River, he's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Victor, how we doing? Good. What's up, Vic? Um, hi. Um, I like the. I think the Giants had a great season. Definitely not an upset. Okay. They were not ready for. The, they were not ready for the win last night. But do you think they're going to get DeAndre Hopkins? Don't know. I don't know where he is on their pecking order. Here's the thing about DeAndre Hopkins, and I thank you for the phone call, Victor. Problem with DeAndre Hopkins is twofold. Now, look, once upon a time, I felt DeAndre Hopkins during his days with the Houston Texans, I thought he was one of the best two, three wide receivers in the entire sport. It's just that he had no dependable quarterback play. Like, think about that. That's how good DeAndre Hopkins was, right? 
Think about some of those yo-yos that the Texans were shuttling in and out of quarterback. You know, the T.J. Yates of the world. I mean, I forgot that, you know, Brock Osweiler. I mean, think about the yo-yos that they had at quarterback. It wasn't exactly a who's who. And yet the guy was still out there wreaking havoc, making his plays with no dependable quarterback play. But the thing that now also DeAndre Hopkins has on his record is he's got a suspension for PEDs, right? Or, you know, violating the league's policy. I don't know specifically whatever it was, but, you know, he got suspended at the beginning of the year. He missed, what, six games or whatever it was for Arizona this year. So that's something now that he has on his resume. And you're talking about a wide receiver already who's, you know, over 30, suspension on his ledger. I don't know if that's the direction that the Giants are going to want to go. You might be able to find other targets and other options who could be just as productive, that could be just as capable in this offense, and oh, by the way, aren't going to cost you as much. Because make no mistake about it, DeAndre Hopkins is still going to want to get paid, and that was also part of one of the reasons why probably the Arizona Cardinals are going to want to move on from him is because at this stage where he is in his career and more importantly, the stage where the Arizona Cardinals are right now as a franchise, they don't see a guy like DeAndre Hopkins making all that money with them. I don't know if that's a direction the Giants would go. I think they might try to maybe go a little bit younger. I think wide receiver is a position that you could see the Giants investing multiple draft choices in once the spring gets here. 800-919-3776. We'll talk a little Jets. Offensive coordinator search. Where are things right now? Dan Grasser Show till 2 on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Superbox Bonanza 2023 style with over $35,000 in cash and prizes. Each box comes with additional prizing, including Yeti coolers, Nixon Rangers suite tickets, JBL speakers, Fanatics gift cards, and so much more. Plus, big game payout of $500 in the first quarter and third quarters, $1,000 at halftime, and grand prize final score wins a trip to Resorts World Bimini in the Bahamas, plus Two grand in cash. Get your boxes by listening to DiPietro and Rothenberg, Barton Hahn, and Michael Casho through February the 3rd. It's all brought to you by Bartesian Premium Home Cocktail Makers, Slowman's Resorts World Bimini in the Bahamas, PC Richard & Son, Grand Marnier, an award-winning blend of fine cognac and orange liqueur, and 98.7 ESPN New York. And for full contest details, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Yeah, Superbox Bonanza! 
Anytime we get a chance to hear Mike Brownshire sing a little Superbox jingle, that's a Sunday morning. That's called living on a Sunday morning, and I'm all for it, by the way. Um, we'll hear some fresh sound, by the way, from the New York Giants coming up uh, at the top of the hour because it is baggy day. It's so abrupt, right? Like, you don't even have any time to digest it. It's like, you know, it, it's, 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 it's kind of just that, that finality which hits you, doesn't it? Season ends last night, and boom, the next morning you're back in the locker room cleaning out your locker and taking your personal belongings and storing them away for the long off season. You don't know who's going to be back, who's going to return. It's rough. By the way, I, I don't know if you – this just dawned on me because I was raising a stink about it last night while I was watching the game. How many people – do these networks legitimately need to analyze a game? Like Fox last night in the studio, I mean, I, I lost count. Like, I, I have a pretty wide TV. Like, I spent a lot of money on my television. My screen wasn't even wide enough to get all the yo-yos that they had in studio on the same screen or on the one screen at the same time. Like, why do they need all those people? Like, especially at halftime. Halftime is give or take 12 minutes. Like, I don't know if you listen to the broadcast at all on, on Sundays throughout the Jets season, right, with, with, with Greg and myself. When halftime comes on, we literally have, between commercials and everything, I would say no more than a total of three minutes of airtime to break down the first half. Maybe, maybe three minutes thereabouts. And that's just two of us. And that's like you got to get in the sponsorships. You know, hey, Jets halftime brought to you by MetLife or whatever the hell it was. So three minutes for two of us. Last night, in virtually that same amount of time on Fox, they had six people up at that desk. Six. And I thought to myself, they're probably paying those people a fortune. Easily a million dollars tops and then more. To say what in a matter of a couple of minutes? And, and somebody's got to explain for the life of me, like, why is Gronk there? Like, what purpose is he serving? Like, I understand he was a great player. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best tight ends of all time. But from an analytical standpoint, like, what is he actually providing? They have him doing all these stupid, goofy, you know, big, dumb jock kind of skits and routines and all that stuff. Like, why is he up there with the other guys who are trying to give you, like, legitimate analysis? Like, before the game... Like, right before they sent it out to Philadelphia for the kickoff, like, the guys, like, they, they went around the table and they all offered their, like, one big last, like, keys to the game. And I wish I had the audio of it, but Gronk, you could tell it was the most scripted. It, somebody wrote it for him, and he was literally, like, reading it off of a teleprompter. Instead of talking about, like, keys to the game, he mentioned like a couple of players specifically because like they probably drilled it into him. It's like, okay, you're going to talk about these two guys. And he talked about the all-pro center for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he, and he said Jason Kels. Now, Jason Kelsey has been around the NFL for a decade. He's been with the Eagles for a decade. He's been an all-pro, a pro bowler. And, oh, by the way, he's got a brother who played the same position that Rob Gronkowski played in Kansas City. You should know that their last name is Kelsey, not Kels. But if you ask Rob Gronkowski what their name was, he'd probably tell you Kelsey. But since it was so obvious he was reading it off of a teleprompter, he said Kelsey instead. It was just, it was eerie, to, like, you know, like nails on the chalkboard type stuff. 
And sometimes these networks get like too carried away with with the the, the folks that they're trotting up there just because like you know they had a few good games in their careers and they were really good players and coaches. But some of them they offer and add absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. Anyway, that's me. My two cents. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Hey, as far as the Jets are concerned. If they had a game to play today, I don't know who would be calling plays because they don't have an offensive coordinator right now. So I guess that it's convenient that they don't have a game. So far, I mean, I don't even know if I have enough room here left on the paper to read down the names that they've interviewed so far. Uh, Chad O'Shea, who was the wide receiver coach for the Cleveland Browns, he was in New England for nine years as an assistant coach. And he had one season as the Dolphins offensive coordinator in 2019, which did not go so well under Brian Flores. He was a one and done. Marcus Brady, who was a former offensive coordinator for the Colts. Uh, Nick Cali, who was the tight end coach for the New England Patriots. And the thing about him, and he's also interviewed for the Patriots offensive coordinator job. The thing about Nick is, if he's this great coach, which I'm not doubting is or he isn't, but think about how much of a train wreck the Patriot offense was this past year that you would think Belichick would recognize that if this guy you know, could have offered something and brought something as far as helping this offense be a little bit more efficient, that he would have given him that responsibility already in New England instead of the whole Matt Patricia disaster. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, we all know about him. Brian Johnson, who was the Eagles quarterback coach. Kevin Petullo pass game coordinator for the Eagles, who was also formerly a quarterback coach for the New York Jets. Uh, and now was reported this morning from Tom Pelissero that Clint Kubiak, who was most recently on Nathaniel Hackett's staff with the Broncos as an assistant this past year, and last season in 2021 was the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, he will interview for the job today. Now remember, Clint Kubiak, son of Gary Kubiak, Gary Kubiak is very close with Robert Sala because when Gary Kubiak was the head coach of the Houston Texans, he gave Sala his first opportunity to be part of a coaching staff, you know, once upon a time early on in his coaching career. None of the names that I just read to you move the needle, right? It goes without saying. None of those names is going to jump off the page and you're going to say, oh, that's it. Jets are going to go to a top five offense next year, 1,000%. And you got to remember something. And, and, and this is no stain or no knock against these candidates because sometimes all you need, forget about just in coaching, but in life, is an opportunity. Right? You never know what you have. If you're a candidate right now for an offensive coordinator job, there is a strike against you. Because otherwise you wouldn't be a candidate. You would have a job already on an NFL coaching staff either as, you know, a coordinator, maybe even higher as a head coach. You get the drift I'm saying here. So some of these guys were either fired, i.e. Nathaniel Hackett, as head coaches or offensive coordinators, and, uh, and these other guys, these other assistant coaches, the strike against them is that they've never called plays before. And as I said, sometimes all you need is an opportunity and you might unearth some genius that we never knew existed, all they needed was a chance. And there are a lot of those cases. But, as it pertains to the Jets, here's where it's a little contradictory. Because if you're going to hire an assistant coach from some other organization who's never called plays before, you then take a step back and you could just say, hmm, well, isn't that what Mike LaFleur was two years ago? When Robert Sala hired him from San Francisco, when Mike LaFleur had never called plays before in his career, 
and now he's done that for the last two seasons, and you never know. Maybe in year number three, everything would have all clicked. And everything all would have come together. And this would have been maybe one of the top offenses in the NFL if, among other things, they had steady, dependable play at the all-important quarterback position, which they didn't have this past year. So my, my, my thing is this. If you're going to hire a guy to be your offensive coordinator who never called plays before, why didn't you just stick it out with the guy you had who kind of got experience in that role for the last two years? Because say what you want, I don't think that there were too many gripes about Mike LaFleur, the offense, the play calling, when they were 5-2, and two, when they were 7-4, and four, and everybody was ready to put Mike White in the Hall of Fame. It was only when things started to go south did all of a sudden you got to make a change. And look, I get it. It's a bottom line business. You go four games or whatever it was at the end of the season without scoring a touchdown, changes are going to be made. I get it. It's the business. But remember something, too, what complicates the search for the Jets? There's nine teams. Or hell, it might even be ten. Uh, I, I, at last count, I thought there were nine teams in the NFL that n- had a vacancy at offensive coordinator. So if you are somebody that has options, where are the Jets on that list? given they don't have a definite answer right now at the quarterback position. And, hey, depending on how things go next year, despite what the owner said a couple of weeks ago, that there's no playoff mandate for 2023, I mean, we've been around this game long enough, folks. If the Jets don't have a playoff season next year, given the talent that's in that locker room and what they figure to be in that locker room when it kicks off next year, you mean to tell me that the head coach is 1,000% on solidified, stable ground? and is going to be guaranteed a fourth year if they don't make the playoffs next year? So if you're a coordinator, why would you come and join a staff from another organization if there's no guarantee that that staff is even going to get another season beyond 2023 if things don't go the way you want them to? Right? So there's a couple of things at play here for the Jets when trying to find this guy. And I know that there's only 32 of these offensive coordinator jobs in the NFL, so yeah, it it should count for something. But the ones that are really, really, really coveted, I just don't know how long of a look they're going to give the Jets as opposed to some of these other openings that you have around the league that maybe have more of a – I mean, you take the Chargers, for example. And look, the head coach there has no idea what the hell he's doing. I'm not a fan of his. I would have let him go at the end of the year as opposed to just the offensive coordinator. But I'm not calling the shots out there in L.A. But they got Justin Herbert there. Who did the Jets have at quarterback? Guaranteed going into the season. You know, that's just for starters, when you're weighing these things back and forth. As the great Chris Rock once said, a man is only as loyal as his options. And if you're a guy who's got options, I don't know where the Jets rank on that so-called pecking order if you're an offensive coordinator. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Dan Grasa, till 2, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there's something special about Cowboys 49ers, you know, especially if you go back to, you know, those battles in the early, forget about the, just the 90s. I mean, I wasn't around, but, you know, of course, the uh, Joe Montana to Dwight Clark, the catch, NFC Championship game in 81, Candlestick Park, Vin Scully, the late great Vin Scully on the call that day on CBS. Um, Chiefs are going to be playing in the championship game. Adam Schefter. An MRI today confirmed that Patrick Mahomes suffered a high ankle sprain during Saturday's win over the Jaguars. Nothing more than that. Plans to play in next Sunday's AFC Championship game. The advantage that the Chiefs have in that, and Mahomes has specifically, is that they played yesterday, you know, the early window on Saturday, and the game isn't until next Sunday. So it's almost like he gets that extra day to recover. And I'll tell you something. We'll, we'll, we'll get into these games today a little bit later on in our final hour here, but It's no secret, and I've talked about this plenty. I am rooting like hell for the Cincinnati Bengals today. And it's not just because, you know, it's the Bills, they're in the Jets. That that means nothing. I could care less. I'm rooting, my primary motivation for rooting for the Bengals is that the last thing on this earth that I want to see is a neutral site AFC championship game next Sunday. Because there's already been rumblings that the NFL, because this is a possibility, And they've already opened up ticket sales down in Atlanta, which would house the AFC Championship game next week. The NFL has already sold upwards of 50,000 tickets, and they did that in one day for the AFC Championship game. And there's already these rumors circulating that this could possibly open the door for neutral site championship games moving forward, becoming a permanent fixture, which would be, no, there, there aren't enough boos. There aren't enough boos. That I mean, I know things are changing, and it's not the way that it used to be in every facet. I get it. But the NFL, in their never-ending efforts to see if they can stockpile as much revenue as possible, you know, whatever they pull in a year, $18 billion of annual revenue, if they can make an extra couple of bucks selling tickets or a couple of sets of tickets to neutral site championship games, they're going to do that which is just mind-boggling to me. Otherwise, what the hell do you play all season long for at home, in your environment, that is supposed to deliver home field advantage? Isn't it supposed to be for the ultimate game, the game that puts you in the game of all games? Even the NFL, I don't think, would deep down go down this road. I mean, I pray that they don't, because you want to talk about an outcry? You want to talk about fans voicing their displeasure for this? And I'm talking about fans that probably don't even have a, 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 a snowball's chance in hell of even hosting a, a, a championship game in their building. But there's just so many things that are not right about it and contradict the competitive spirit of what the entire regular season is supposed to be. I mean, Kansas City, that's a home field advantage. Buffalo, that's a home field advantage. And I understand that it took 
unusual circumstances for it to happen this year. But the NFL, you left the door open slightly. See, they left the light on for the NFL to where now they see that and they say, oh, we can do this on a permanent basis moving forward. Great idea. Born out of near tragedy. Oh, so please. If you like the NFL the way it's been for, oh, I don't know, close to 100 years, root for the Bengals today so we don't have to see this thing in action. And the reason I say that in regards to Patrick Mahomes, remember, if the game is in Kansas City next week, that game is on grass. If the game is down in Atlanta, it's on that synthetic turf, which is a lot more unforgiving to a high ankle sprain, i.e. the one that Patrick Mahomes is still going to be carrying into that game next week. So that plays into this thing next week. It really and truly does, especially when you're talking about the guy who's the most important player on the field, and he's going to be compromised somewhat with that foot. Let's say hi to Ira in Staten Island. He's up next year on 9870 ESPN. Ira, good afternoon, pal. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, and uh, congratulations on the Saturday. It, uh, it'll be uh, different, but it'll be uh... – It'll be fun to listen to. Looking forward to it. Another day to add on to the work week, Ira. That's all it is. But thank you. There you go. There you go. Hopefully, when I get out of work, uh, you'll still be on. There but, you go. Um, so we just uh, come to full closure here. Um, I did get a, a. You know, I'm kidding around. I, I did yes. get the inquiry about you know the offensive coordinator job, but. I think I'm going to stick with lifeguarding and teach and swim. I think it's a little more rewarding right now. <laughs> it's, better, it's, better on, it's better on the cardio. It's better on the muscles, too, Ira. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you know I'm just kidding around. But, you know, with, with all that said, and they, listen, by the time they get to the end, they may end up with 20 candidates. But to be honest with you, and I may be totally wrong here, I think the Jets are just doing their due diligence. I know it's slim pickings, but I, I really, truly believe that they have – almost a really good feel and almost probably a deal done in place with whatever one of these quarterbacks you want to believe is coming here. I think that there's almost a handshake agreement. And I think once that thing is finalized, the, the, the offensive coordinator will be with the quarterback because I think it's a package deal. I, I don't know about that, though. You know, I, I really don't, though, Ira, because, like, for example, the two guys that they interviewed from the Eagles staff – you know, Brian Johnson and Petulo, like if they're coming here, for example, when the Eagle season is over, what, what quarterback are they tied to? Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So I just and, and the Nathaniel Hackett thing. I mean, I don't have any inquiries that this is the case or any inclinations. But I mean, if you think you're bringing in Nathaniel Hackett because you think that he'll deliver you Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I got news for you. See what happened to the Denver Broncos last year because I, 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 I won't believe any differently. The Broncos hired Hackett thinking that Aaron Rodgers was going to follow and it didn't happen. And you saw what type of a disaster that was. No, I get it. But I find it very curious that Greg Olson is like uh, missing an action with this list. And I, I do believe that if Carr does join the Jets, I, I do believe Greg Olson will be the offensive coordinator. I may be wrong here. It's just um, I just find it hard to believe that they're going to once again roll it out with a rookie coordinator. It just, like you said, then they should have just kept LaFleur. It just doesn't make any sense. And, and he's not going to bring in Frank Wright because why would Salah hire Frank Wright uh, if things don't go well? Wright may be coaching as a head coach come November as an interim coach. So uh, at the end of the day, um, let's just hopefully they get this right and, 
Um, I, I still, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I, I still believe that, you know, the quarterback's really going to determine who the uh, offensive point is going to be. Yeah, I, I re- it's interesting to see, and I thank you for the phone call. Uh, always good to hear from you. And again, it's it it to me, it doesn't make sense bringing in a guy with no play calling experience because you just had a guy here for the last two years who went through his lumps as a play caller, right? Got his feet wet to where you hoped in year number three, maybe you're past that stuff, and you had more of a permanent solution at quarterback. It's almost like you're rewinding and going back in time by going down that road again. I don't know what they're going to do. You got a nice laundry list. They've interviewed a lot of people. But to be honest with you, I haven't gotten any indication one way or the other. And I was just out there a few days ago. Um, I, I, I don't know which way the wind is blowing, to be quite honest with you. And I would tell you if I did. All right, one more hour to play with. When we come back, we'll continue the Jet conversation. We'll also look ahead to the two games we have today. And also, how about some fresh sound from the Giants from East Rutherford this morning as they were out there cleaning out their lockers. A few of them spoke and some interesting things to say. 60 more minutes. Dan Gross, show till 2 right here on 98.7 ESPN.